in other fields of medicine sick people will come to you whereas here in the field of fertility they come with lot of mental drain having a good sperm count and a sexual life is not related in the society uh, a donor egg or a sperm or a donor embryo is not accepted uh, by the couple i mean there's a mental barrier where they have think where they think that you know this child might not be mine genetically how do you consult those couples so when there is so much acceptance for a blood donation for eye donation and kidney donation we all look up high about it so same way why don't you think about egg donation sometimes my team always thinks they come and tell me in the back hum donor egg and i say is it i can't even find out myself the child was around 5 6 years and she told me doctor you know what my son writes like me only he holds a pen like me like i was so happy it was a donor egg uh, child but she was so identifying herself with the child and here i would also like to add that you're not a less of a man or a woman to not be able to produce an offspring there is a, there are multiple options available in this world hello and welcome dear listeners to fertility tales powered by nova ivf i'm your host simrat in every episode we dive deep into the world of fertility sharing light on the stories struggles and the science behind the journey towards parenthood today we have a very special episode for you which will provide as a comprehensive guide into a topic that is not often discussed but is very deeply significant the use of donor sperm and egg in fertility treatments whether you are just starting out your ivf journey or are well into it today's episode will be a treasure trove of information i'm thrilled to introduce our esteemed guest for today she's a beacon of hope for many a pillar of knowledge and an expert in the field of infertility she has specialized in the field of reproductive medicine and has gone through training in singapore she is a consultant at nova ivf mrc nagar chennai and has over 25 plus years of experience and has helped 10000 plus couples achieve their dream of parenthood dr krithika devi it's a pleasure to have you with us thank you very much for giving me this opportunity i'm very glad and privileged to be part of this awareness program let's dive right in dr krithika devi with all the fields in medicine what made you choose fertility as a specialization reproductive medicine had always been my passion and dream right from my post graduation days in jipma i had always dreamt and was working towards going into the field of reproductive medicine i feel creation of life being close to the life being formed is the most wonderful thing on earth and if i can work on it every day nothing more than that so i would say i was lucky and fortunate to do my work which is my passion that is truly beautiful doctor doctor so in your fertility specialization at what stage do couples come to you since i am the senior most in my field i don't get to see very easy patients to tell you the truth yeah. so the patients who come to me are most mostly at the fag end of their trial and error so most of my patients are in their late 30s or in their early 40s so that becomes a challenge for me because with advanced age their egg numbers comes down and men also do have problems so when the sperm count is low they don't approach a fertility specialist immediately 
most of the time they take medications they wait and so they come to us at the fag end when the count is really low so doctor with the stature that you are at uh, as a fertility specialist when do you think a couple should actually come for fertility treatment when should they start consulting a specialist like you thank you it's a very useful question and practical question because majority of the patients think they have to wait for one or two years and if it doesn't work out naturally only then they should approach a doctor right although technically they say after one year if a couple don't conceive they have to see a doctor i feel there are special situations where you need not wait for that particular period also for example a girl may have irregular periods even before marriage she might have had endometriosis she might have undergone surgery mm. so anything that had interfered with your menstrual cycle or so it's better immediately after your marriage please come for a consultation we can just give you a counseling and guidance same thing applies to a man also there are some men where in their childhood they would have undergone some surgery in their testicles for example undescended testes or they might have had an injury in the testes mm. so or they might be working in a profession where they are exposed to radiation atomic energy so any man where there is a history of injury to the testicles mm-hmm. or their work gets them exposed to extra radiation need not wait whether they conceive their partner conceives naturally or not they can come immediately after marriage for a consultation okay. so that standard waiting of one year or two years is not required i feel any couple when they are planning their child you can always approach us and get the guidance yes no condition should be overlooked and yes. a consultation should be taken on time especially there are a lot of girls with pcos nowadays with irregular cycles so they would need an earlier guidance than to wait and then come to us that's truly insightful doctor doctor can you describe the mental state of a couple when they come to meet you for the very first time yeah. this is one unique field where in other fields of medicine sick people will come to you whereas here in the field of fertility they come with lot of mental drain most of them are anxious frustrated depressed and most of them would have lost hope whether i can become a parent or not so the most important thing as clinician is to give them hope and positivism so unless you bring them out of that emotional shell the response to the treatment is not good so we need to address their emotional component first and then start our treatment that's true doctor when you come with that kind of a predisposed condition in your mind a hopeful message is just great for you to carry on your journey let's dive right into our topic for today when do you consult a person for a donor egg or a donor sperm this is a very a delicate situation for any couple to accept a donor egg or a donor sperm so we got to be very careful when we start the subject itself right so in the first consultation mostly i understand their issues and don't give them the dictum no you have to go for donor egg or donor sperm so generally what i do is i give them options for example if the egg reserve is very low i tell them you have a option of trying with your own eggs but then the chances of success is only this much then the second option is donor egg where you can have a better success rate and i allow them to decide on their own instead of thrusting them on to go for a donor egg or a donor sperm i tell them if i'm going to try with your own egg or own sperm then the chance of success is this much when you go for a donor 
the chances are better so what it gives to the couple is they take time to decide for themselves mm. so most of the times i leave them to decide and allow them to come to me and tell doctor we have decided to go for donor egg then the acceptance and the progress is much better i think transparency is so important exactly. in this doctor for our listeners who don't know what donor sperm and donor egg is could you spend some time explaining what both of these mean so what is donor egg is when a woman is probably in her advanced stage say 40 plus where her eggs are not there so whatever injections we give she may not develop a follicle or a oocyte or there can be younger women where genetically by birth they can have a condition called premature ovarian failure where they don't have eggs by birth or there can be women who have undergone surgeries on their ovaries for example endometriosis they have lost their ovary or ovarian reserve or there can be a small segment of women where they had malignancies and they have removed their ovaries mm. so the only option left to them would be to go for a donor egg so these are the situations where a woman may require donor egg and what about donor sperm similarly for the male counterpart most men who have azoospermia they may land up with donor sperm but even for them for men with azoospermia we don't recommend donor sperm as a first option because with advances in the field of reproductive medicine where we have testicular sperm aspiration epididymal sperm aspiration lot of advances are there so even for men with zero count zero sperm count we don't tell donor sperm as a first option where we give them a option of going for their own genetic material with testicular aspiration and if that fails if there are no sperms even after testicular aspiration then the next option left to them would be to go for a donor sperm all right and doctor for our listeners what is azoospermia azoospermia is a medical term which indicates the sperm count is nil there are absolutely no sperms in the seminal fluid but here i would want a small understanding for the viewers most of the people think sperm count is related to masculinity right so if the sperm count is zero they presume they cannot perform sexually also right so which is not true a man can have 100 million of sperm but still he may not be able to perform sexually so both are two different components having a good sperm count and a sexual life is not related okay that's very insightful for our listeners doctor doctor you mentioned a donor embryo the concept of donor embryo is very intriguing um can you tell me when do you advise the use of it donor embryo is when you use both the egg and the sperm from a normal person so donor embryo actually would be our last resort i would say it would be the last ak47 <laughs> we take in our armamentarium when everything else fails because we at nova do a lot of cell cycles our main priority is trying to give their own genetic child which is a dream of every couple so donor embryo would be the last option where there are problems with both the partners for example the lady may not have any ovarian reserve left with her and the man may be azoospermia where his testicular biopsy also is negative so as a last resort we go for donor embryo and there could be some genetic issues also for example they may have repeatedly kids with congenital deformities where 
nothing else works for them and when we do a ivf with the preimplantation genetic testing with their own gametes we find all the embryos to be abnormal and you don't want to land up with another abnormal child mm. then they may go for donor embryo so donor embryo is a last resort before going for adoption here compared to adoption the women experiences motherhood she carries the child in her womb she delivers she feeds the child so the attachment to it is much more and in our indian society when a lady delivers and goes through motherhood she feels more fulfilled right doctor uh, what is the percentage of couples that come to you who could need a donor sperm or a donor egg or a donor embryo as i told you already our main priority is working for even if the amh is very low even with the egg numbers being low our first priority is to try with our own eggs but if it fails the multiple cycles have failed then we go for donor egg or a donor sperm for the male partner so the percentage is very low in my uh, scenario we get to about 10 to 15% of couples landing up with donor egg or donor sperm all right that's very insightful doctor um, doctor one question is on my mind that in the society uh, a donor egg or a sperm or a donor embryo is not accepted uh, by the couple i mean there's a mental barrier where they exactly. have think where they think that you know this child might not be mine genetically how do you consult those couples what do you tell them yeah this is a very practical question that you're asking and this question was in my mind also so in the start of my career i used to wonder we are doing it for the couples but how are they once the kids grow up is that pang is always there in their mind so what i did was i did a proper psychological survey with the help of a psychologist in nova where i had interviewed 25 couples who had the kids through donor sperm or donor egg and had a survey with them privately individually mm. both the women and the man and i was so surprised at the end of our survey where none of the 25 couples told we are missing our genetic child i was really surprised because for them once a child comes through her the women and once a child grows up they don't even think twice so this survey actually gave me a boost and gave me a moral when i counsel my patients for donor and for couple who are still very perturbed about whether to go forward or not if they are willing we have a support group system in nova where we give counseling through a couple who have already gone through this process if they are willing that would be really helpful for them to yeah. see some other couple who has already underwent yes. that uh, doctor what do you say to these couples who actually want an offspring but also do not want to go the donor way uh, are there any other options that are, they are willing to explore and what are the options that you suggest to them options adoption or are they willing to go ahead with that see path mainly uh, the whole glitch lies in counseling them to accept this state when they are forced to enter it mm. so what i usually tell them for my patients uh, see you have heard about blood donation when you need it you don't feel bad about it no you feel grateful somebody is giving their blood to me and don't even think twice from whom the blood is coming right and we have heard about kidney donation eye donation so when there is so much acceptance for a blood donation for eye donation and kidney donation we all look up high about it so same way why don't you think about egg donation so that is how i counsel my patient take it like a blood donation 
where you are grateful mm. and you go through the process without even thinking twice so this egg donation is going to make your life more beautiful are donor eggs and donor sperms typically used only in ivf treatments or do you suggest them in iui treatments as well donor egg can be done only with ivf because taking out eggs can be only with egg retrieval which is an ivf process but it is actually easier for sperm component mm. where if the couple needs a donor sperm we can do with a simple intrauterine insemination mm. meaning where the donor sperm at the right time of ovulation will be just injected into the uterus with a simple plastic tube which is very painless mm. so donor sperm option can be done with a simple opd procedure intrauterine insemination iuid whereas if they have to go for donor egg they need to go for ivf only doctor in the process of consulting a couple for donor program um how has your clinic assisted in making an informed decision for the couples i mean how do they make an informed decision whenever a patient goes through a donor egg or sperm treatment it needs a teamwork i alone cannot do much because right from front office our care starts because it's a very delicate issue so we need to be very empathetic and we should give them the privacy so right from front office to my team of counselors where we have a proper qualified psychologist who talk to them privately they might extract things which even i yeah, they don't share with me to talk to you about yeah. right so the psychological background and i have a clinician along with me who will give them a procedural counseling mm-hmm. so it's a teamwork and it lands up with our embryologist who choose the right appropriate sperm for that particular couple so it's a entirely a teamwork and i'm very happy to say that in nova we work as a team and at every level we have qualified people taking care of the couple a collaborative team effort yes, is very important exactly. for it's a couple like right everybody counts doctor a question on i think most on most minds is is donor program anonymous it was anonymous till a new art law came in so now the current art bill encourages more of altruistic donation where the privacy is no more required the women's relative can donate but the most important criteria is the age the age of the person who donates is very important because they need to be less than 35 years so 21 to 35 years is a required age limit for a woman to donate mm. because we all know more than 35 years the quality of the eggs comes down mm. so if a woman has to donate she has to be between 21 to 35 years a very pertinent question how do you choose a donor thanks for asking this because most of the couples are so worried we don't know what donor this doctor is going to give us how our child will look Mm-hmm. so first assurance that i give the patient is we give respect to their choice in case they are not going for an altruistic donor they are going to get a donor through the hospital i first give some time to understand what is a choice for example there may be couple who say we are very particular about having a educated donor and there are couples who say we want the donor to match our complexion singly mm-hmm. you won't believe there are couples who told me doctor is it possible to get a vegetarian donor so it goes on i i feel we should respect their choice right. so first thing is understand their expectation we make a note of all the requirements 
and my daughter see to that that every requirement or the desire of the couple is fulfilled mm. i tell them just give me some time so that i can fulfill your needs so that's the first thing and the second thing is physical compatibility you look at the height of the recipient couple like the couple who want the donor the height the color and the blood group mm. so we try to match a donor who will not look starkingly different from the couple mm. so mostly egg donor means i focus on the women so i choose a donor usually the donors come through the art bank as per the current law but ultimately as a clinician i get to see the donor whether she will match my recipient physically then emotionally my psychologist analyzes her privately whether her iq level is good and we have a legal team who goes through all her papers whether legally she fits into us and i do a scan to see medically whether she is okay then we run a battery of blood test to see whether she doesn't have any infection whether physically she is fit to donate mm. so after all these speed breakers we choose the right donor and then we go ahead with the process there is a thorough check in place yes medically physically mentally legally and what about donor sperm doctor donor sperm it's uh, usually we get it from the bank cement mm. bank so i don't get to see the donor directly like the oozite donor mm. so here also we have specification we give them the requirement the height what we require the blood group the complexion and if there is anything else specific that also will go in our request list to the sperm bank and we get the cement appropriately that's very interesting there's a full thorough check and yes. at the same time they're able to map each requirement for the couple's need and most of the times i feel so thrilled you know when the couple bring their kids to us after a donor program sometimes my team always thinks they come and tell me in the back ma'am this is a donor egg then i say is it i can't even find out myself so that is the effort of uh, work that we put in so that the child matches the couple and that's very important i think exactly. somewhere everybody wants someone yes, that i understand yeah it's very interesting doctor so our challenge lies in when they bring the kid to the hospital it shouldn't look different with the introduction of the new art law what is the criteria of donating your egg or sperm this current art law has regulated the whole workup of art clinic and the practice i would say it's like a traffic police so the main criteria now what government has put forth is to protect the rights of a oozite donor so that women will not be exploited mm-hmm. so according to the current art law a woman can donate only once in her lifetime and what is the age limit the age limit government has put forth is the donor should be between the age of 21 to 35 years okay and doctor is there a special criteria that she has to go through a multiple tests etc to all that we take care because once a donor comes through as i told you earlier legal workup has to be done mm-hmm. and medical workup then psychologically we have to assess whether she's having a good iq quotient and the finance aspect everything has to be taken up by the art bank and clinics don't involve in it at all anymore all right so um what is the age limit with the new art law what is the age limit for a person to go through ivf treatment i'm glad you asked the question because this is something very important that has come up with the art bill where they put a 
age limit for a woman and a man to go through any fertility treatment for that matter. So the upper limit for a woman has been put as 50 years and for a man it is 55 years. So gone are those days where it was claimed as an achievement when a 70 year old delivered her kids and it was a flash news in all the papers. Gone are those days. Here the, the rights of the child also is protected mm -hmm. so that the child will have its parents for a longer time. Right. So and the women also will have their child when she's physically fit. Mm -hmm. So this age limit of 50 for women and 55 for men is something new that has come up in India and it is essential for the couple to understand this and complete their family before that. That's interesting because the couple will need to be in the pink of health to yes. bring a child yes. into Chinese. this world. That's very interesting, doctor. A technical query here, doctor. How many embryos are technically transferred in the IVF process? We at NOVA do not transfer more than two embryos. And I'm happy that now the current ART bill also supports the concept where they say don't put more than two embryos and three embryos only in exceptional situations. So the idea is to give safety for the women during pregnancy. Right. I'm sure in olden days, earlier times, you'd have always equated multiple pregnancies with IVF. You go to a shopping mall, you see twins, you just go near them and ask the women. Oh, conceived through IVF. So like IVF has become synonymous with multiple births. Mm. And I feel the success of IVF is giving a singleton healthy term baby. So multiple pregnancies, you see twins may be nice to watch in movies and nice to see. Mm. But during pregnancy, with multiple pregnancy, the woman is exposed to higher risk and complications. Yeah, she has a risk of getting higher blood pressure, higher risk for diabetes. And for the kids, they are exposed to preterm delivery and they have to be in incubators and preterm care for a longer time. So whenever my patient asks me, doctor, you put three embryos, I'll have better success rate. Put me four, I just want to have pregnant. I just calm them down and say, it is not about having multiple embryos. It is about putting even one good quality embryo that will give you a safer pregnancy. And a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. Right. So I encourage a lot of singleton uh, pregnancies mm -hmm. and only in situations where the lady has had multiple failures, we go in for two embryo transfers. Mm -hmm. So this is a concept I want the public to understand that more is not healthy. Nature gives every woman a single baby. Right. I think that's a spoon that will fit in that vessel. So. One single baby at a time. Yeah. Could you shed light on the IVF procedure for a donor cycle? Is it too complicated? Yeah, this is again a very good question. IVF itself, uh, patients will be very worried. Mm. They think they have to lie down 24-7 throughout their pregnancy. A lot of working women are very skeptical about entering IVF. So, for donor egg, I would say it's very, very easy mm. compared to even a woman who wants to try with her own egg. For example, if a woman has to try with her own egg, she has to go through injections mm -hmm. for 10 days, at least minimum. Then there will be a small surgical procedure done under anesthesia where her eggs will be extracted through a needle. Whereas in comparison to that, if you are going to go for a donor egg, mm -hmm. there are no injections, no surgery, no anesthesia. All you will have to do is just take pills. Mm -hmm. It's only tablets and the embryo when we put it in, it's an OPD procedure. It's like a simple IUI procedure. Mm. 
where we can just talk to her without anesthesia, transfer the embryo. It will take only two minutes. She can be in rest in the hospital for an hour or so. Then she can just go back home and resume her activities. So for donor egg, there is absolutely no surgery, no anesthesia and it's all a OPD procedure done only with medications. All right. So not very complicated, just yes. a simple Even procedure. Even after embryo transfer, there's no need for bed rest. Mm -hmm. They say a good embryo will implant whatever you do. All so right. A normal active life they can continue even after an embryo transfer and that helps also keeping your morale up and just carrying on with your daily life exactly emotionally some couples wrestle the feelings of inadequacy wondering if they are any less of a parent when conceiving through IVF especially the donor way how do you counsel or consult such patients who come to you usually I tell my patients especially the women who is a bit perturbed. So I tell her, technically, you are not going to have any difference. You are going to carry the child, deliver the child, feed the child. So for you, it's going to be like a normal pregnancy. So and that emotional component comes automatically when you carry the child and deliver it. And I've seen a lot of my patients getting so attached with their kids after they come I have my own doubts. What did I do to them? Self-egg or donor egg? That's very interesting, doctor. Also, it uh, I think the bringing up is what that really exactly. matters yeah. for a child and a parent to bond and right. take those traits. Exactly. I had a woman where she brought the child to me to show me. The child was around 5-6 years and she told me, Doctor, you know what? My son writes like me only. He holds a pen like me. Like I was so happy. It was a donor egg uh, child, but she was so identifying herself with the child. And interestingly, the child was so cute. She told me the child won the cute baby contest first <laughs> prize. So it's not that when you go for donor egg, the child will not look good or anything. It's like how we choose the donor appropriately for them. And also nature works its way yeah. in a miracle. That's really interesting, doctor. Doctor, um, I continuing this conversation. What are some stories, some success stories that stand out for you, which are a humble experience and also uh, helps you do what you do every day? It is my patients, I feel, who teach me more than my books, especially the emotional component. As I told you in the initial part of my career, I was very reluctant and was really worrying how their life will be after they have their child. But after seeing a lot of patients enjoying being parents with their child through donor sperm or egg, that gives me a confidence to move on further in counseling my patients. So here I would like to share a detail about a couple. Both were teachers. Both of them were in their advanced age, 40 plus, where I tried twice uh, treatment with their own gametes, gone egg, and the husband was having zero count. So I was using donor sperm with the lady's egg and it didn't work out for two cycles. Mm. So at the verge of which she was so depressed and disappointed, she said, Doctor, I'm giving up. That's all. My life is doomed and she was crying and so depressed. So I slowly broached her about the subject, about donor embryo. Anyway, you have gone for donor sperm. Mm. Since your age is 40 plus, maybe the quality was not good enough for you to conceive. So why don't you consider donor embryo option? So after a lot of counseling, reluctantly, she entered donor embryo program and I took a lot of pains to choose the donor so that she will match the 
lady so at the end of which she had she wanted two embryos in spite of me telling one so two embryos are transferred and she was blessed with twins one boy and a girl and they are now around 9 or 10 years of age and every month you won't believe she sends me the progress card of the kids whenever the kid gets a prize no she shares with me and oh, both of them are so happy i get to see the kids growing up and every birthday she used to call me and thank me i feel that's a fulfillment of life that's wonderful doctor it helps you oh exactly there so seeing these couples who entered donor program reluctantly but who are very happy now without any negative thoughts gives me the courage or the strength to counsel people who are waiting for donor sperm or donor and parenthood also teaches you exactly all the lights of life yes. wonderful doctor lastly in your uh, vast experience have you seen a shift in perception of donor sperm and donor egg has the society evolved over time regarding this and what's the acceptance like definitely i could see a positive shift towards acceptance of donor egg or sperm compared to the earlier times one the reason could be awareness especially our media and programs like this gives an awareness to the couple that there are options there are ways and means to have that parenthood day that is one thing and second thing is in india although we are the most populous country in the world when you don't have a child the burden on the women is very much more so parenthood is equated to femininity for a woman so they are prepared to go to any extent to carry a child and deliver so that is another reason for the increased acceptance level in our society and another interesting observation that i have seen is women are more ready for donor egg than to accept a donor sperm wow when there is a situation i see women willingly telling doctor will go for donor egg but try to do with the sperm of my husband so that is an observation that i have seen and yes there is more and more acceptance towards donor programs because the next option left to them is adoption mm-hmm. so before that they are happy to carry the child and deliver and the social pressures on them will be lesser in this way right and here i would also like to add that you're not a less of a man or a woman to not be able to produce an offspring there is a, there are multiple options available in this yes. world beautiful doctor Dr Kritika Devi your insights have been so valuable today uh, for someone who is looking out to explore more options in their fertility journey and i'm sure the listeners have also got enough and more information on how to go about navigating their fertility journey if they have to take about a donor cycle thank you doctor and thanks for this opportunity because this donor program is a very delicate subject a lot of people would be very uh, reluctant to even ask about it so i hope this program would have thrown light on it and i want to tell my people who are living with the dream to have their child never give up when all door closes there's always a window open for you so all the best for all of you please pursue your dream thank you to our listeners thank you so much for tuning into fertility tales powered by nova ivf please don't forget to like share and subscribe spread this message to anyone who needs the resources and the information who is embarking on their journey towards parenthood until next time this is your host simrat signing off wishing every couple some clarity on their journey thank you so much